And it is time for Peer Pressure. Today's guest is Aesop Decker. We talk about jazz standards, jazz metal crossover, the demise of Ludicra, of which he was a part of, and uh, his Cosmic Hearst blog, among other things. Thanks to Lita Martinez for editing the podcast, and to Liz Berg as well for all the other podcast duties that she takes care of. We are WFMU. Stay tuned. Aesop, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hello, yeah. Diane. Hi. Wow, you're here. Oh, this is so yeah. exciting. Thank you for joining us. So my guest is Aesop Decker. You're getting up early to do this. Well, Yeah, this is early for me. That's yeah. true. Yeah, and that's so awesome. And thank you for being part of this program. Um, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really stoked because, of course, I know what the playlist is. And uh, there's you've just picked out some really, really killer stuff. And I love being able to share that with uh, yeah it was, it was uh, hard <laughs> hard in what way uh there's just so many great things that I, I wanted to play but i had to narrow it down so. yeah yeah so so even going through that thank you because because uh you know i i have been talking to some people and i've got some upcoming guests scheduled and somebody like oh that's too much work and you know oh i can't do it so and i'm really seeing that it really is quite a bit of effort i don't know if you want to talk about each song that, or you want to talk about the first song that you're, that we're going to go into? Maybe I'll play a couple of them and then we'll go back on mic. Okay. Anything you want to say about the first song going like? Uh... Um, well, I mean, I chose the first song because I'm sort of tickled at the idea of it being played on the radio, and uh, <laughs> I think I think it's a song that should be played on the radio all the time, but probably won't be, and it's one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite bands, and maybe sort of like um, my introduction to this type of music. I, I want it to be a surprise, and I want to give it away. Okay, okay, very good. So, um, well then I'll make it a surprise to hold tight and, and figure out what it is. So again, my, uh, my, my guest for the next hour is, uh, is Aesop Decker of... Uh, Worm Ouroboros. <laughs> I asked uh-huh. you how to pronounce it. Now I don't have that screen in front of me. And Agaloc, and then uh, and then the recently departed Ludicra. And I'm going to ask you about that a little bit later, I think. So, okay. Um, so, uh, okay. On to the playlist. And uh, here we go.
My guest is Aesop Decker. Aesop, are you there? Yes. Excellent. Hello. He is here. And uh, would you like to back announce the last three songs that we just heard? The last three we heard. Geez, what did we hear? We heard. We started off with Volcanic Slut, right? A song mm. that should be played on the radio every day. Yay. Across the world. <laughs> then we heard uh, Cult of Youth. The song is called New West and Cult of Youth are a sort of new band um, from New York City that I, I just love. I've loved everything that they've put out. They're kind of cranking out releases, and this is their new record. I think they're fantastic. And then after that, we heard Paternoster, who are one of my favorite like lost treasures of the 70s records. It's, they were Austrian. They were kind of lumped in with the Krautrock scene, but I guess being from Austria, technically they... They weren't. Uh, they only put out this one record, as far as I know, and it's just probably one of the most depressing records I've ever heard. I had a weird obsession with it, and brilliant lyrics, too, about bibs and eating food. And and if you've ever eaten food while you're really sad, it's it's kind of a strange sensation. <laughs> there's, there's something about eating and crying together. That, right. That, that Nur- image. Nourishment and purging at the same time. Yeah, it's weird. You don't see it very often. So that's what we got. That's just some of the stuff I've I've prepared. So um, I wanted to ask you about your musical involvement now, and if you could say a bit about uh, Ludacra, who was just recently uh, disbanded, and then and what you have going on yourself. Yeah, sadly, after I think twelve years, um, Ludacra called it quit. Uh, you know, ultimately, it came down to sort of you know I was. For a couple of years, I was sort of had reservations and was unhappy with some of the dynamics interpersonal between folks in the band. Um, you know, I, I really want to stress that, like, I adore all these people. I love them. I think they're immense talents, but there was a lot of things that weren't working for me. And given the choice to sort of, you know, struggle through another record that might not be up to our standards, I guess, or call it, you know, after much weighing in on it, I really decided that at this point we should just stop while we are ahead, I guess. I mean, we did everything we wanted to do and then some, and I sort of wanted to put it down or cease my involvement before we did things that I wasn't proud of. Were you one of the forces in actually disbanding Ludacris? Yeah, I mean, I quit and I certainly hoped that they would consider replacing me, but I also knew that that's, I mean, we've talked many times that Ludacris has to be these five entities or not at all, but I was kind of hoping that maybe that would get relaxed. But everybody in the band is, is incredibly busy with other things, and so I didn't have real high hopes that that would be the case. But, you know, it was it, it's difficult to maintain these kind of relationships for that long, and I'm amazed that we did, and I'm extremely proud. Hmm. And I think the upside is we'll see a lot of really amazing work from all the other people involved. I mean, I don't think anybody in Ludacra is, like, done playing or done creating great art. I, you know, I'm sad, but I'm also really hopeful, and I think it presents this opportunity to see some 
great stuff. I know it's vague, but no, that's, no, that, that's I don't think that's not. I don't think it's vague at all. Actually, I mean, if you really, I think that you portrayed what was going on very well, and you know, twelve years for any relationship, whether it's a two person or you know a five or kind of larger collective. I mean, there's always stuff going on, and uh, and and you're right. That's a that's a long time, and I think that you know, Ludacris' body of work is really stellar and really top notch. So. So <laughs> thanks for sparing us a, what could be. I, I mean, I can't imagine that you guys could have written a lame album. But, you know, there's always that, like, when somebody puts out such a great record, there's always that fear, like, oh, God, is the next record going to be as good? You know? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, it's occurred to me a couple times that maybe I was crippled by that fear and reacted rashly to it. But I think, you know, I mean, only time will tell. And I also don't rule out the idea that we, you know, won't do anything in the future. I, you know, I mean, I, you know, I know that people are really saddened by it now, but I think in time, you know, we might find ourselves in a place where we want to do it again. Right. And I, I'm definitely open to that. I, I'm always fascinated with, like, people make these analogies about how bands are like marriages. They say it a lot because it's absolutely true. And having a marriage with four other people <laughs> is really, it can be difficult. Yeah. You know, but you, you, you work on it, you know, and then ultimately you do because you, you decide that what's on the other side of the conflicts is, worth doing and i hadn't really felt that for a while and i had to be honest with myself and address it not to mention you know i've got two other bands and a kid you know i get a little overwhelmed and thank you for addressing the uh, the ludicrous situation so and let's talk about your other project okay if we must yeah why <laughs> <laughs> you don't wish to no i i i do of oh, okay. course okay Okay. And did I cut you off? Was there anything that you didn't get to say about the Ludacra um, um, subject? No, I mean, I love them. They're, they're my favorite people in the world, and I wish them the best. And I do want to mention, too, that uh, so my guest is, is Aesop Decker, is in Agaloc and Worm Ouroboros. And, uh, Very just, good. Thank you. <laughs> and just, uh, just gave us the rundown on uh, Ludacra, which he was a member of for years. That We have a question, actually, on the playlist, because you, you do run the Cosmic Hearse uh, blog, which is a, a super great blog, and I would um, recommend it to anybody. Somebody wants to know if you've ever been approached by bands asking you to remove a post about them. Uh, you know, and I think it's like we're up to a couple thousand posts now, and I've had labels say, like, we're about to reissue this, can you take it down? Hmm. And I'll remove the link and then link back to the site where people can buy it, leave the article up. But only one time has anyone ever gotten really irate and just wanted no involvement with the blog, wanted the article removed. And did you? Which was, I did. I complied. It was really strange because, I mean, the person seemed absolutely clueless. They, they said they were about to reissue the record, which I understand, but the whole thing was, you know, that having the article removed, I mean, it's hard to sell a record that people don't even know exists. So right. Right. it was sort of like you realized a thousand people woke up today and heard about your band. Right. But I think it was a case of a person not really being kind of out of touch. And okay. Not, and not aware of actually what the blog can provide. Right. And, and the, but on the upside, I was absolutely thrilled to like receive an email from someone I was a fan of, even though I was angry. <laughs> oh, that's killer. That's great. Yeah, so um, so what is uh, what's going on with um with Agaloc and and Worm? 
Um, Agaloc is, you know, we have this the issue is that three of them are in Portland and I'm in San Francisco. So we are planning some shows. Some are still in the works. Nice. Which really exciting. Hmm. Um, we're planning some more touring for the future. I mean, you know, the only real plans we've made is to sort of buckle down and work a little harder. I mean, as much as we can with the distance. You know, so I you mean you've already distance. sort of scheduled out, like, you know, how much travel time you need and all that kind of thing? Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and the thing about Agaloc is we have to sort of, we work around, you know, Jason has two kids, I have one, Don is a university professor, so you know, the main thing is Don's career. We have to sort of work around it, which mm-hmm. is which is fine because this actually provides us with the most opportune times, I think, to go on tour. So that's what we're doing. And hopefully, I mean, another record sooner than later. You know, we've sort of talked about not waiting as long between records as they have in the past. So that's where we're at. Good. That's awesome. With Worm Ouroboros, uh, a band I just joined... So uh, we are writing. It will be their second record. It'll be their first with me. And then there's some talk about doing a vinyl for another label, but I'm not going to say because that's still in the work. But it's been an absolute pleasure to play with that band. It's done a lot for my playing. It's sort of a discipline that I didn't have to play music like that. And it's been a challenge, and I've been very excited. And then recently we did a tour, a short tour of the States with Worm Ouroboros supporting Agaloc. So it was it was busy. Yeah, busy for you, Mr. Work- yeah. Mr. Workout. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was mainly a time thing. Like, you just don't, it wasn't physically demanding. It was more like, you know, you show up, and before you know it, it's time to go. You haven't had time to see friends or get a bite to eat or drink a cup of coffee. Right. Or complain or whatever the thing's. And and is that the way, especially when you were involved with, with all three bands, I'm going to guess that you have a pretty full life as it is. But what what was it like? Like, what was sort of like the tightest schedule situation that you can remember, like with all three bands? I don't know if you, you know, how often you rehearsed or, you know, going from one tour to another or something like that. Yeah, there's, there's been a couple instances. I mean, I know that Ross from Ludica is known for getting off one plane and getting on another, you know, with another <laughs> band or something. <laughs> I had an instance where the Agaloc U.S. tour ended and I was home for, I think, four days before Ludica went to Europe. And there was a time when Agaloc played in Romania, and I got home, and I was home for maybe a couple of days, and Ludacre was playing a show with Pentagram in San Francisco, and I had a split second like on stage where I wasn't really sure what country I was in. <laughs> and I saw people in the audience, I was like, oh, okay, that's the guy who works at the store by my house, and so I'm clearly home. Right, right. <laughs> Oh, that's it, funny, it gets though. like that, but yeah. for the most part, you know, one band is really active while another is not. And yeah, that's funny. That that's a very interesting uh, point. I wouldn't have thought of that, but I guess your uh, your orientation can just be like, wow, don't know where you are. Yeah, I mean that that's happens. Like that happens on tour, anyways. I yeah. mean, you you hear those stories of like you know Molly Crew like writing the name of the town on the back of their bass or something, you know, so uh-huh. they don't say the wrong. Right, so they we know love where they you, are. Cleveland. You know, <laughs> when you're in Chicago, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I was going to say Krakow, Poland. Oh, right, okay, you know. even better, yeah. So <laughs> it it gets hectic, but it tends to, like, one band is really active and the other is laying low. And, and Agaloc is sort of just in between these cracks. I mean, most of the work we do is through the mail. Mm. So, But I'll go up to Portland and we'll cram, you know, practice for a week straight. And I, I would like to get back to the music now. 
Um, yeah. We've got, you have this awesome playlist. Can you talk about uh, our next track, which is Veronica Lip Gloss? And oh, yeah. This this one I picked because this was one of my favorite uh, San Francisco bands. They were pretty short-lived. and What era are they from? Oh, I'm, I think this record came out 2004. You know, they were kind of part of the scene that I didn't really know too much about. And I'd seen them a couple of times and didn't really even think that much of them. But the record came out and I was floored by it. I mean, absolutely one of my favorite records to come out of the Bay Area of all time. And they just sort of disappeared. They made a brilliant record and then just disappeared off the face of the earth. I don't even think any of the people resurfaced in other bands. Actually, the guitar player is doing some stuff. But just phenomenal record. Not metals, just sort of weird, trashy, death rock stuff. I mean, it reminds me of like all the things I love about like the birthday party and the Pixies and, mm. and things like that. They were an immense band. And may they rest in peace, I guess. <laughs> Very cool. All right, so that's what we're going to hear next. Veronica Lip Gloss and the Evil Eyes. Uh, my guest is Asap Decker, and uh, we shall return. Ooh. Here, so what? I took a lesson by the quiz. Damn fine, it's a 
And uh, my guest is Aesop Decker. Say hello. hello. Hello, he's still here, and he's programming today's set. Let's talk about what we just heard. Yeah, let's. What did we hear? We heard uh, we just heard Creatures by the Adolescents. Oh, Yay. great. And uh, before that, we heard Manila Road. So let's, let's talk a little bit about Manila Road. Okay. If you don't know, then they are very long-running. I mean, they go back to, like, 75. Wichita, Kansas, metal band, one of the finest American heavy metal bands that no one's ever heard of, because I don't think, outside of a few festival appearances in Europe, they never tour, but they put out a record, like, almost every year, and consistently great, and I, I believe now that, like, some of the guys' kids are playing in the band, you know, it's been going on that long, but this is the track is a bonus from the CD reissue of their finest album, Crystal Logic. They were a huge influence on Slaufeg and who were the second greatest true American heavy metal band. I just have an extreme reverence for this band's work ethic and cultness and their consistency in making amazing records for 35 years. Manila Road, if you haven't heard. You featured them on uh, Cosmic Hearse, yes? Oh, a couple times, yeah. I think I've posted, like, their first three albums at this point. You know, the earlier stuff is pretty weird. It's kind of like early Rush and sort of poorly played because they were figuring things out. But, I mean, now it's just a monolith of just talent and shred and still amazing songs. And Mark Shelton, the, the singer, guitar player, just has one of the most unique voices in metal. And then we heard uh, Creatures by the Adolescents, which I chose because I think it's the greatest punk ever made and i feel like i had a friend who once said if you don't like this record you, you just don't like punk and I, I have to agree yeah yeah absolutely that's just it's a it's a staple and it's one of those records that every time i hear it it still works on the same level it, that it did when i was 14 years old it just still sounds really good and vital to this day yeah. a lot of records that i loved when i was 14 don't have that staying power but that record still just gives me absolute pleasure yeah that's very true yeah there's a lot of over time there's a lot of things that you realize that they don't hold up that well and i mean rick agnew one of the greatest guitar players played on some of my favorite records mm. and an amazingly nice dude hey so i do want to talk about cosmic curse a little bit more that's your blog yes how long have you been doing it for and what's your motivation for doing it and it's uh, it's it's cosmic hearse dot uh, it's at Blogspot. Yeah. The motivation, I guess I've been doing it, you know, like I said, really bad with time. Uh, three years, four years now, almost four. Um, and I just started looking for records that I had lost or, you know, on the internet. And I started seeing these kind of sites. Uh, there was a couple really good ones, like Good Bad Music and, I mean, you know, Low Res Visera. I saw these, and I was like, what a brilliant idea this is. For me, it was kind of like, I'm one of those people that if you come to my house, I'm, I'm really hyper running around and like oh you haven't heard this record you haven't so it kind of acted as this place to put all those things so when i meet people i say oh it's on the block oh you should get this you might be interested in that and it was also kind of a challenge to myself so it's it can be difficult to write about sound and describe mm. records so it was kind of a challenge to just write every day and really think about some of the records I was listening to. And I, kind of, I didn't think it would last more than a year. I figured I'd run out of stuff that I was interested in sharing. But wow. it's kind of grown because people send stuff, or you know, which I'm all for. I'm not obligated to post it, but I mean, just the amount of really cool stuff that's been sent to me as a result has been 
worth it alone. That's sort of it. I was also sort of frustrated with a lot of, you know, there's a lot of blogs out there that just lazily post stuff and don't write about it. There are downsides. People get mad that you're posting stuff. You get a lot of people that, I guess when you do something that is that resonates with people, you kind of have to deal with, especially on the internet, you have to deal with a lot of like entitlement issues, you know, mm. that it becomes theirs. You kind of lose it and it becomes, I have no intent down or, or stop as long as there's stuff out there that I mean even things that aren't obscure it's like there's got to be somebody who just overlooked this record right you know so let's put it up there like apocalyptic raids or you're doing a service it. for all of us <laughs> it's oh. great it's really awesome well everyone should send me a dollar you maybe you <laughs> should put that up there I mean, if, if yeah. you know, if everybody who read Cosmic Hearse just sent you a dollar, you know, I, I could I could buy like a taco. Right. Or something, you know. Maybe <laughs> I think you're two. mistaken. I think you're mistaken in your estimation, but you never know. And and you know, asking for a dollar would be a really interesting game, you know. Because like, would you really? It, go it like, would be. Yeah, like like oh oh, I'm not gonna give him a dollar. Like uh, oh okay. Yeah, I mean, I sort of you know, I mean, I promised myself a long time that I would never sell ads on it. I would never accept money to do to post bands. I mean, I've been offered. Yeah. But I, it's just I. Well, that really becomes a slippery like slope it, then, doesn't it? What's that? It becomes a slippery slope then, doesn't it? Yeah, because at what point, you know, then if I do it once, then when do I not do it? And I just kind of, that's one of the things I like about it. It's, I sort of made it like the kind of site that I myself would want to visit, actually read about records. Sometimes I'm incredibly lazy and I don't really want to write about records. But. Ah, but you do. And, uh, and we thank you for it. Well, you're welcome. And thanks to everyone who has sent comments and and supported and sent records. It's really, really cool. Awesome. So that is uh, Cosmic Hearse, which is Aesop's blog, and we're going to go back to the playlist that uh, you have so kindly put together. The next thing we have is from Absu, and although it's from their self-titled record, it's not their first record. Any uh, Anything on this Absu track? Um, only that Absu is the greatest American black metal band. I struggle to call them a black metal band. They're kind of moved so beyond that. But they are, they just exemplify like quality and they've never done anything I didn't love. They're incredibly nice guys. And then, of course, have the greatest drummer in the world playing in their band and singing and writing a lot of that stuff. Right. They're just one of my favorite bands of all time. And I, I adore them. All right, so we're going to uh, hear some Absu next. My guest is Aesop Decker of Cosmic Curse, Agaloc, Worm, Ouroboros, and... Uh, and White Snake. And what? And White Snake. Explain. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to join White Snake before oh. the end of this show. Okay, very good. All right, well, let us know how it goes. We'll talk to you in a minute. Mm-hmm.
Aesop Decker. Yes. Yes. Program by Aesop Decker. This uh, this bunch of music. Shall we talk about what you just heard? Yeah. Uh, we heard uh, Absu, who I've declared as the greatest American black metal band of all time. And then we heard Chrissy Zebby Kembo, which if you follow the Hearst at all, you kind of know that I have an affinity for Zambian psych music, which um, I think up until a few years ago, I had no idea that even such a thing existed. And it all started for me with this record by Chrissy Zebby Kembo. I guess in Zambia in the early and mid-70s, there was a guy named Edward Kiswayo who built a makeshift studio in the back of his record store and encouraged uh, local musicians to start bands and put out records. And probably 10 or 11 really amazing bands came out of this. And Christy Zebi Tembo with the Ngozi family, one of the best records. And now they're starting to get reissued, so it's cool. They're not, it's not hopeless. Because, I mean, a lot of these records were, like, pressed in numbers of, like, 100. Wow. You know, and sold only in Africa. Wow. Yes. You're such a great and, source. Yeah, and it's, a, I mean, all of it is just super beautiful, poorly recorded, but dark and honest, and just great songs, great songwriting. Mm -hmm. And then we heard um, Round Midnight by Thelonious Monk. I chose because it's one of those songs that's been recorded thousands and thousands of times. It's maybe even one of the most, like, recorded jazz standards of all time. But that particular version, which is, like, from his first sessions for Blue Note, is my absolute favorite. It's widely regarded as, like, this kind of poorly played version. You know, I think there wasn't a whole lot of rehearsals and whatnot, but, I mean, that's just, it's its a beautiful song, and there's something about that version that is just so creepy and, and haunting mm -hmm. and smoky barroom wonderful. It's probably my favorite piece of music and my favorite version of it. So that's why it was chosen. Very cool. And uh, we have a something from one of the listeners who says that maybe you can comment on the recent crossover of the jazz and metal audiences. Can you? Mm. Well, I would only be speculating, but I think that for a lot of people, especially if you're, yeah, it's weird. I, I was talking to John Cobb about it, and I was saying, oh, there's this jazz record. You should hear that record. And he said, you know, I'm going to wait to do that for when I'm, like, really old. <laughs> you know, so I think that maybe for people that have listened to, like, punk and metal for a long time, uh, you know, they, they kind of are looking for things that are maybe, the appeal to, of jazz for me is, like, being really interested in music that can be dynamic without being loud and then quiet and looking for new ways of like arranging songs and you know I, I had a pretty dilettante view of it knew of a couple records that i really really liked but i figured if there's four records i like there's probably four thousand more that i've just never heard that i'll like and i started really delving into it and realized that a lot of stuff from like the mid 60s was really dark and really heavy but without being loud so i think maybe for people that are interested in metal there who have been in it for a while that it, it provides a new way of looking at these sort of uh devices mm -hmm. around playing music like heaviness and moods in a different yeah without volume uh -huh. you know which is a challenge yeah yeah for sure so we're just about out of uh you've got one track left that's on yeah. your playlist and i guess you know so i i would like to to thank you 
very much no, thank for, you. for being here and and you know and and i really do recognize that it took a huge amount of effort for you to to do what you did and and put together the playlist and to be available time-wise and it's taken longer than than we both thought and you're still here and i know it's earlier it's three hours earlier for you over there so thank you for setting aside the time of day and for doing all the work and just you know, in general, ASAP, it's like your involvement and your contribution to music between the, all the bands that you're in and um, your blog and Cosmic Hearse is just, you're one of those people that's really always seems really vital and, and the music means a lot to you. And I'm really thanking you for being my guest. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's been really fun. This is really fun to do. So the next track is? The next track is the new album by Lost. They are a pretty long-running doom band from Nashville, but only got around to making a record a full length. And, I mean, it was so worth the wait. I think it's not only the best record of the year, but could very well be the best metal record of the last five years or so. Um, I was floored by it. The last time I was that moved by a record was probably Weakling's Dead as Dreams. Mm, it had wow. it had sort of the same effect on me. I was obsessed with it. Recently I had the opportunity to see them play with Agalock and meet them. And just amazing guys. And I'm really proud of them for making this record. I'm jealous. It's just so fantastic. <laughs> and it is my top pick for 2011. Okay. Absolute must get. And what's the name of the record? Uh, the record is called Despond, and it's out on Profound Lore Records. Mm. And the band is Lost. They're massive. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. And, and uh, we just have one more question. Can you can you recommend any West Coast bands that maybe we haven't all heard of yet? Been loving the new record by Atriarch mm. and Sub Rosa, who I mean are from Salt Lake City, but I think they might count. In San Francisco, we've got Bossa Dinaj, who are a really great black metal band. In LA, there's Winter Thrall, and some of the guys in that band have a great band now called Destroy Judas, mm. which is like ex-members of Phobia. I mean, it doesn't sound like any of those bands. Really beautiful. In San Francisco, we got Vastum, who are doing sort of the Swedish death metal thing, oh. and Apocryphon, who are a new death metal band, kind of on the Morbid Angel tip. San Francisco and Portland have always been really, really exciting for bands. And just new bands cropping up, and there's probably 20 that I don't even know about. Wow. Very good. So, listeners, there you go. So that's it. We're going to go into the last track. Again, thank you very much. Um, I guess it's right. been Aesop Decker. And thank you so much, Diane. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, so we're going to listen to some loss now. Please stay tuned. We're WFMU. <laughs> And that wraps it up for today's podcast. Thank you to Lita Martinez for editing the podcast and to Liz Berg for all the other background work. We are WFMU.